What's up, everybody? We are back. Icebox Pod, episode 30, uh, 412 Sports Cards, Icy Ice Cards. Um, we're going to cover a little bit of the NFL draft, probably talk about some quarterbacks um, and then how our favorite teams did. Um, and then we'll just get into a little more about the NBA playoffs and apparently a whatnot, some whatnot advice from uh, Robbie over here. I'm not on whatnot, but Maybe we'll get into that first. Tell, tell me about that. What what happened on whatnot? Uh, I was an idiot on whatnot and uh, did not realize how the bidding system worked and accidentally uh, placed an excessively large max, placed like a max bid like you would on eBay that was like high and like surely, you know, no one will bid this much, but like you're just going to like throw it out there. Well, on whatnot... It does not do a max bid system. In fact, when you make a bid, it raises the going amount to whatever your your max bid was. Oh, that is tough. That's way different than eBay. It's terrible. And if you don't know it's happening and you do something like, say, bid $50 more than something should be, then uh, pain. Uh, so I had pain on, on the whatnot. But you live and you learn. You know, it's not like, I rip a ton, so it was okay, I guess. Lost some money on a stupid mistake. And because, uh, like, I was going to bid for something like 75 bucks and or like 70 even. And I put in 120. I was thinking, ha ha ha, no one will outbid this. And then, boom. And then, you know, it just goes to the max bid is now 150. 120 and then of course no one outbid me and it was sadness also it when it wants you to like outbid someone it does it in like four or five dollar increments but shout out to everyone who wants to be sneaky there's a way to do custom and just do one dollar more so you don't have to up it by like five dollars every time you can just do like one dollar but they don't want you to see that because they just get you addicted to the four or five more dollars every time. Yeah. But well, what was the what was the item? It was a division of an encased box. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was sad. I did get a card, at least. Oh, so you did get a card. Okay. I, I have it down here. I didn't get it. nothing. It was sadly not a patch, but I did get this Najee Harris like single color patch, oh. which you know is not one hundred and twenty dollars, but yeah. is you know surprisingly, this is like twenty five dollars or twenty dollars, which is is more than you'd think it is, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, I would expect five bucks. Yeah. This is like twenty bucks. I, I'm I'm going to uh, probably sell it uh, just because. Uh, I don't know. I never used to be one of those people to like sell stuff to recoup money, but I don't know. I, I like don't need it. And I was stupid yeah. and I made a mistake with the bidding and I just feel dumb. Plus, I also got the base card out of the encase box. So I got two of the five cards. I got the two worst cards, but I did <laughs> get two of the five cards. I have a Joe Burrow base card that, you know, I'll hold on to to commemorate my opening. I don't know if you do that. I like to sell the best cards and then I just keep the rest of the stuff like 
to commemorate the opening and like have stuff to look at. I know you aren't as big into the cheap cards as I am, or maybe some people you might just want to wash away all the pain of say opening that's, that's a UFC blaster. Yeah, I prefer to just wash away all the pain as opposed to just keeping something. Although, yeah, for listeners, I caved. I opened some UFC blasters. I pretty much rip once a year. And it's nothing big. It cost me like 180 bucks. And, I mean, do I regret it? I mean, of course. I regret it every <laughs> I regret it, and too. I, I regret every time I rip, but I still do it once a year. I, it's still I fun. Lie. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not even that fun for me, honestly. I just give it a shot once a year. Like, I I don't know. Every time I'm done, I'm like, man, why did I do this? Makes yeah, me, that's how. Makes me, it makes me reevaluate my, my life. Yeah, but it does make you think. And I always feel like after I just bought, like, that, that spot, like, I could have just bought a Najee Contenders Auto instead of that spot. Yeah. And instead I did that. Also, I riffed a pack two packs of contenders, and here are the best two cards. So it was yeah, I'm done with that for a little bit now. But I, I Wait, feel the those, pain. What were this is actually cards? pretty cool. If you ever you know, this stuff's cool, but not for the price of a pack of contenders. But sweet shots. Tyrese Halliburton. This is actually pretty cool. Oh, if yeah, if you bought it cool for term. if you bought it for fifty cents to the dollar that it's worth, you know, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Right. The other one is this weird, very foily Larry Bird card, which is like, eh. Hmm. But yeah, isn't the sweet shots cool? Like if you had a PC player yeah. in that set, yeah, definitely. So what was the highlight of the UFC rep? Sorry, I got distracted again. Oh. Like literally nothing. I heard rumor has it there was a twenty dollar card pull. That's what I hear. Oh yeah, there's a rookie silver of some dude. I could not even tell you his name. So how did you know if you found anything of value? I assume like me, you know almost nothing about UFC. I I know all the big names, like Isabella or whatever the guy's name is. Yeah, there there was like four or five big names. I got some like, I don't know. I got like one of those, uh, like Conor McGregor, like 2012 Prism, like reprints or whatever they are. Oh, not, not is like that worth books, anything? I don't think so. I think it's worth like a dollar or something. But um, yeah, I got killed. And yeah, so I'm done ripping for the year. So You're done already? Maybe Episode 85, probably. I'll have another update on what I rip. You're not going to rip again for a year? No, I do it like once a year and I regret it every time. And then You're not tempted? Yeah, no... Oh, no. Definitely not. Not by cheap stuff? Like, you're not even tempted to rip, like, I like to walk into an LCS and get like a $20 pack or like something or like two $10 packs and like see. No, you're not. The cheap stuff doesn't even tempt you because I get the expensive stuff, but the cheap stuff is extremely tempting to me. Yeah, I don't have that at all. I just, I, yeah, I do it like once a year and that's just like completely enough for me. Like I'm good 
for the next long time. Well, it works out well for you because you don't accumulate massive stacks of cards. I have I have too many cards now. Mm. Yeah, I own more UFC cards than any other sport now. Do you not have masses of like base cards laying around? No. What? You I don't? Th- no, like guys, maybe. I want to hear I want to hear everyone. We're going to make a poll of this. Do you have boxes of base cards or albums of base cards laying around? I think most people are going to be with me. Oh, I I agree. I think most people will be. I had I had probably 20 or 30 binders of base cards and I sold them all. You sold your all your base cards? Yeah, I was like I don't want these. They take up so much space. Yeah, I don't even have that, space that, for them. Well, the space is a legitimate problem that I am uh, currently experiencing. Who did you get rid of them yeah. to? You sold the childhood baseball base cards? Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, on, this is terrible. I put them on Facebook for like 30 bucks a binder. And somebody came by and grabbed like five of them. And then somebody came by and grabbed like three or four. And a couple people came by, grabbed two or three. And just, I mean, it was mostly like 90s crap. I, cause even when I was like really young, like I didn't rip a ton. Like I, it was mostly 90s stuff that like I got at garage sales or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. I have a lot of 2006 through 2017 base. Oh, yeah. See, I, I, I don't have that kind of stuff. I have tons. Like I have like two to 300 cards a year. Do you ever like look through them? Yeah, I do on occasion. I have them in nice orderly fashion, so I do like occasionally look through them. And then I have all the inserts, you know, on separate pages. Some of the inserts actually oh, from yeah. some of those years are pretty cool. I look yep. at the I also used to keep the golds on separate pages. So, you know, you can see as the odds of the golds got worse and worse over time. And I open the same amount every year. You can see the gold page like dwindled to like only a couple cards when back in the day it was sheets of gold cards. Yeah. That that's pretty cool to look back at though. Yeah. Those binders I'll keep. The the old binders I keep. I won't lie, I could be tempted to unload some base of more recent uh stuff because I I am starting to have a space uh issue, shall we say. Yeah that that'll happen i think i pretty much sold all mine and then bought like one card oh it's just too painful i don't think i could do it i've thought about it before i even made a note i this weekend i was looking through all my boxes of like my pc cards and they're cheap this is cheap stuff in there it's like most of the stuff in this box is not worth twenty dollars most of the stuff and it's not worth one dollar but like and I was like, I need to start getting rid of some of these stuff. And it's like these two row boxes. And I have like three of these two rows. And I'm like, I need of like all my top loader, like PC stuff. And I'm like, I need yeah. to start unloading this. And I look through it and I'm like, I don't want to get rid of any of this for what it's worth. I'd rather just keep it. Yeah, that's I think that's fair if it's PC stuff. Well, yeah, it's nothing exciting. It's just like all the cards that I pulled that were like good. And then a couple Red Sox and Pirates cards that I bought for fun. Mm. By good, I mean worth a dollar. So, yeah, you, you <laughs> know, there, there are there are standards here. Yeah. 
So how are you feeling about the Pittsburgh draft? I I wasn't too surprised. At you you were not surprised? Well, first of all, I would like to take my shaming for uh, my prediction last week that both quarterbacks would be gone in the top 20, perhaps the top 15. Not remotely close. In fact, I didn't apparently even know what two quarterbacks would go first since Matt Corral went before Malik Willis. Did he? Yeah, guaranteed. Matt Corral won the second round. I know Ritter did. Oh, wait, maybe. Maybe I had them mixed up. I have to look up Matt Corral now. I'm pretty sure Matt Corral went. Ritter went to the Falcons. Well, wait. Apparently, Matt Corral dropped in the NFL draft because of alcohol issues. Yeah, he did. Oh, it's not good. Wait, maybe you're right. Maybe it was Desmond Ritter who went. Oh, yep, yep, you're right. You're right. It was, yep, Matt Corral went after Malik Willis, but Desmond Ritter went in the second round. Oops. Yeah, good call, good call. I was, um, yeah. I was pretty happy with the Kenny Pickett. I Considering I thought the Steelers were not going to be able to get a quarterback, and I also did not want to really trade up for one. Mm. So that worked out really good for you then, if that's what yeah. you're they, you I, And I think the Steelers were really happy too. Because yeah. it seemed that the Steelers were not – they could have traded up for it, but they were not in a hurry and they stayed patient and it fell to them. I heard people on the sports talk radio call like, you know, people like us just calling in saying they think the Steelers should have even tried to trade down to try to take Pickett later, which I thought was an interesting concept, but it's dangerous. If you, if you, if you like a quarterback, I would never do that. I think they did. I mean, clearly they liked him if they took him at 20 and no other quarterbacks went remotely close. I, yeah. I think he and Mitch Trubisky are going to have a battle for the starting job. I think it's going to be hard for Pickett to start over Mitch Trubisky week one. I, I think week one, almost no chance. I, Mitch Trubisky is, I, a non, is a non-bottom five quarterback in the league. He is not a bottom yeah. five starter in the league. So to be more than that week one for Kenny Pickett, I think is actually a pretty decent task. Don't you think so? Yeah, and if I was a coach, GM, whatever, I wouldn't even start a rookie quarterback, no matter what the situation is, right away. You would never Honestly. start rookie week one? No. I would let him sit for two or three games or four games and, like, learn a little bit and watch. and Because, I mean, you're, if, if you're in that situation, your team sucks. Like, where – Saying the Steelers suck? Wow. Pain. I no, I mean, like, if you're in the situation where, like, a rookie quarterback, like, not, not even the Steelers. Like, I'm saying if you're in the situation where a rookie quarterback has to come in and play pretty much, like, your team is probably pretty bad. Well, this is, this but is like, accurate. But with the Steelers, like, they can afford to sit picket. Oh, they definitely like if, can. They could sit them all so, year, and I don't think it'd yeah, be a problem. That's what I would do then. I would, I, I would sit him at least a couple games just so he can learn and watch. And I would 
if if it comes to week three or four and Trubisky sucks or whatever, then yeah, maybe give him a shot. But I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really rush him in. There's no. There's no point in that really to me. Like Mahomes had his whole first year. Like and he, he was and great. I think there's value in that. I, yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that. That's fair. I'm pretty excited though about Kenny Pickett. It was definitely the fun pick with him being the pick quarterback and then coming yeah. to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. A lot of people were excited about that. I kind of think with the safety net of Mitch Trubisky there, that Malik Willis. Now, granted, Malik Willis fell to the 80s and uh, people thought he could have been picked six overall. At the time of the pick, I thought maybe Malik Willis was the play just because it was a more risky pick, uh, higher boom or bust, and you have a safety net in place as opposed to taking the safer pick because I think Pickett was definitely the safer and most NFL-ready quarterback on the board. In hindsight, though, clearly organizations did not value Malik Willis that high if he dropped all that way. So tough to say. I'm pretty excited about it. Got a wide receiver, too, who hopefully should be good. Still wish we had Juju. Sadness. But how about the Lions? You don't have to change your fandom. No, I I, I had a couple heart attacks during that draft because after the first – so first pick goes by, we take Hutchinson. Obvious choice. Um. Did you and I don't know if you saw this, but the Lions got in trouble for turning in the card too earth too fast. I was watching the and did I watched all the entire first round minus two picks until the Steelers pick. Uh I didn't see that though. What the heck? It kind of came out after the draft. Yeah. Oh, well then that's why in, I didn't see it. Yeah, they, they basically turned in the card like faster than you're supposed to because they want time for like commercials and like all you that know- kind of stuff. And yeah, so they got they got like in trouble for that, I guess, which I think is kind of funny. But yeah, so I second pick comes around, and I'm like, man, if they take Malik Willis, because I, I mean that whole rumor of them taking Malik second overall kind of like died down. But in the back of my head, I was like, if anybody does it, it's gonna be the Lions because they would pull that crap. And so they take Hutchinson, and I'm like. So I'm I'm pumped. I'm like, man, we got Hutchinson, no Malik Willis. This is great. But I was not expecting him to still be around when their next pick came around. And I was like, I was like, man, if they take him, I'll be I'll still be disappointed. Like I there, think there was, was serious talk. Good. There was serious talk on the on the broadcast. I actually think I did turn yeah. it on for this. They were like, well, the Lions could very much be a play for Malik Willis here with this because they were one of the only teams picking in that slew of picks who needed a quarterback. So the quarterback was going to be there. Yeah. And then, oh, my goodness. And then they uh, insane pick, Jamison Williams out of Alabama. That That is an incredible choice. I am so happy with that pick. And then – um, I believe how high did Malik where what pick was Malik was? It was in the 80s. I'm almost positive. Because I'm pretty sure he was still around. <laughs> or yeah, because they no, they took 
Jamison Williams in the first round at pick 12 because they traded up. So thankfully oh. they didn't take Malik Willis. And then <laughs> their second round pick was pick 46. And that's when I thought for sure that they were going to take him. And then thankfully they still didn't. You wouldn't and have even would've... wanted Malik in the third round. I would not have wanted Malik in the seventh round. He's what? not good. He's terrible. You've, you're putting out the hot takes today. And yeah, they took don't have head, boxes uh, of cards. Don't don't want Malik Willis in the seventh round. I think he is terrible. I like I I just have no interest in him at all. It yeah, just none. I don't know. And yeah, so I was very happy with the draft. We ended up with players that I really like and ended up without players that I don't really like. So can't, I mean, that's pretty good. So can't complain. I'm glad. This is actually the second or third year in a row that I've been very, very happy with the Lions draft, which is nice for a change because when the Lions and the Pistons draft, usually I'm very disappointed. <laughs> you know, the only time this is like, when was Booker drafted? Devin Booker's a 15 rookie. Okay. Yeah. So I'm. So that. You got to think of those right? prism cards, Matt. You got to picture that prism rookie yeah. in your head. That's true. That is true. Yeah, so Devin Booker, that whole draft thing made me lose hope in the Pistons for a while, and that really made me mad. I That was one of the only – one of the times that I remember just being so mad. Like, have you ever gotten just, like, legitimately just, like, pissed off watching, like, a sports, like, event or, like, game or something? I probably like have. That? I definitely have. Because that was it for me. Booker, he's from uh, 15 minutes away from me. He went to high school 15 minutes away from me. Oh, wow. In Michigan for for a year or two before he transferred to, like, you know, a prep school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And throughout the whole draft process, he's like, yeah, I really like, you know, the state of Michigan. You know, like, I, I would, like, come to play for the Pistons and stuff. And I wanted him so bad, and so did my neighbor. And so I go to his house for the draft. And the whole time, you know, we're thinking, there's no chance we get Booker because he's going to go before we even pick. So we're, we're not counting on it, you know. It gets closer and closer to the Pistons pick. And the pick right before the Pistons, we're like, they're taking Booker. Yeah, whatever. And they don't take Booker. So we're jumping around his living room. We are pulling up NBA because we're going to get a custom jersey of, like, Booker. Like, we're ready to buy, like, the jersey. We're, like, we're jumping around. We're so excited. They come up, and they draft Stanley Johnson. Oh. And I remember – around and we just stood there and we just kind of like looked at each other and then just like looked at the tv and then we just like sat down and it was just pain it was just sad and i still remember 
the commentators like Stanley Johnson hasn't really developed the shot yet, but he can give you this, this, and this. And I was like, why are you taking somebody who hasn't developed a shot yet into the NBA? And it just, oh, it just drove me nuts. And then obviously look what happened. I mean, Stanley Johnson, Devin Booker. Not the same. No, not even. Was Stanley Johnson the guy who got 10 days this year and actually landed on a roster for like a couple weeks or maybe actually got picked up by a team after? Uh, Or is that some older guy? I forget. I don't know because he was. uh, I think he was on the Lakers. Yes, he he was for sure on the Lakers for a while. Okay, Um, then he was on the. He was getting picked up on some 10 days during. Uh, the COVID crisis when the rosters were like insanely depleted and people were coming off the couch to come play. Mm, yeah. I think he was one of the people who got called off the sofa to come. I believe it. To come play. Yeah. If I remember correctly, he was the best of the people who got called off the sofa. So, you know, you did pick the best of the, the best of, of the, the people. Worst. The best of the worst was who you secured. <laughs> Not a not the best player in the number one team in the NBA though. You didn't get that. No. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my worst draft day story. I was so disappointed. I can't even but, watch the Pirates or anyone miserable like that draft. It just makes you sad. So you Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think some franchises are just like meant to be bad. Like, I, part of me just thinks that the Lions will just never win. Like, they're just meant to be bad. And they'll win someday. Like, I don't know. I feel like people have been saying that for the last, like, 50 years. You got to have think, hope. You got to hold out hope. I I think some franchises are just, like, meant to be poverty. No. Like, for the Cubs, <laughs> the Cubs are not winning for the next 80 years. No, they could easily win. I mean, they're not that good right now, though. But they and could. Like another another example: the Browns. The Browns are just meant to be poverty. They might be good this year with Deshaun, but they'll figure out a way to mess it up. Same thing with Baker. Like they get the uh, number one pick in Baker, they find a way to mess it up. Like they, it's just it's just meant to be. I I don't believe in this concept, uh, but. You know, even though I the Pirates are absolutely miserable. I, I do believe that someday there is potential and I hold out hope and, uh, yeah, you know, it would someday. make, it would make winning uh, pretty awesome. I can. Oh yeah. I, I think if the lions ever won or if the lions ever made the super bowl, they would have a very high percentage of fans rooting for them. Like, oh yeah. You. I would bet you that 90% of neutral fans would be rooting for the Lions. Oh, definitely. Because like, they, they've be been terrible for a long time. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. It's not like the Lions are making the playoffs and then losing. Like, they're yeah. going, like, 6-11 and 11 every year, 6-10 and 10 every year. Like, they're – yeah, it's not, it's not like they're even remotely close to anything. But who knows? Maybe next year get a generational QB in the draft, and then see what happens. Maybe, hopefully. I want to talk before we move off the subject of NFL a little bit about NFL product uh, for this draft class. Uh, Now, this could be, you know, it could be 12 years before we see, you know, 
2022 prism. Uh, Malik but, Willis, Malik Willis will probably be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he will be. He'll he'll be wearing the gold jacket, and and then they'll yeah. be releasing his prism rookie. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. Unless you think the product's gonna be bad, I think when it comes out, it's just gonna be bad. It, I actually do think I think the products. I don't know if the product will be bad because I think we're starting to see. Um, some receivers start to sell. Like there Jefferson, are so many Chase. wide receivers in this. I don't know about yeah. this Jamar. People have been talking recently ever since the draft. Well, Jamar Jefferson sells. And I mean, I guess like a little you bit. Jamar, Jamar Chase. Oh, sorry. I meant Justin Jefferson. Oh, the Justin, Justin Jefferson yeah. sells. I don't know about this Justin Jefferson selling business. The Jamar Chase selling, I I, I do agree with. But I I am I am suspect that it is not a flash in the pan and it is not uh like a once in a blue moon that Jamar Jamar Chase and that every wide receiver will sell. I'm a little yeah. suspect. I, I think I it's an at best one wide receiver a class is worth anything. Yeah. I mean what's Jalen Waddle worth? What's Jalen Waddle worth? Has he put up any? Has he put up good? I I honestly he's don't. A top, he was a top. He was a top fifteen stats? pick. He was a top fifteen pick. I think he's has okay. Has he put up good stats? Oh, I'm yeah, not hundred percent sure. I mean, he's being thrown the ball by Tua, so maybe you shouldn't hold his stats against him. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I mean, we all know the defensive players aren't going to sell, right? And there's I mean, a ton of them, and they're all high. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much established. I think. I mean, I think it depends what like you count as like selling, because like Hutchinson will sell. I'm trying to think of a definition of sell. Hmm. Yeah, I'll like, get I'll get back to you here in a sec. For a defensive player, Hutchinson will be very popular because Michigan fans go crazy for his are going to go crazy for his stuff, and so are Lions fans, and that that's one group mostly. Michigan fans are Lions fans, like. I never go for Michigan fan, Michigan player stuff once they make the NFL. Like, I don't even buy their college stuff. And I'm going to get a Hutchinson because he beat Ohio State. I mean, he's he beat Ohio State and was a Heisman finalist. Like, he's going to be a Michigan legend for forever. Yeah. So here's selling. I think that – what's his name? Garrett something? The, the Ohio State wide receiver, I forget. The guy who went the first yeah, round. Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Okay. Him and Drake London should be selling near Malik Willis and more than Matt Corral. Thoughts? Maybe even more than Malik Willis, honestly. I, certainly more than Matt Corral. Do you think that's a fair? Think, do you think that's a fair definition? I'm trying to think of a more modern quarterback, like they'll, Jamar. They'll would go. Jamar Chase selling? Like, who were the quarterbacks last year? Trey Lance, Trevor, Zach Wilson, Mac. Is there another guy? I'm mind blanking. How Where's many did the, you name? Four or five? Four. I got four. Because there's five. Yeah, Trevor, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. Mac Jones, 
Who's the other one? Well, this is shameful. Listeners probably know it, and they're probably thinking, you fake fan, why don't you know anything? But here we are. I don't know who it is. It's on that Kellen Mond. He's lower on the totem pole. Uh, Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, those are, like, the main – I guess it depends, like, who you count because there's some, like, lower-end guys. They're, like – I mean, Lance is, like, yeah, he's going to get a chance. It seems like he's a a starter, right? Should be, yeah. Oh, uh, Oh, Justin Field. Oh, he's okay. Terrible. He's Drake, terrible. Drake London and and Garrett Wilson should sell for more than Justin Fields if they're going to be if if we're saying the wide receivers are going to sell. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think it'll even happen. I don't think so either. I think actually Malik Willis will probably sell pretty decent. Honestly, I think he will too. He's the second highest quarterback in the draft, or I think he'll sell more than Desmond Ritter. Yeah, he. I think he will too. It. Yeah, Ritter won't start right away but he'll i think he'll get a chance pretty early because Mariota's not that good who took him carolina no well, not falcons Mar- oh the falcons oh right yeah. right right he he's the one that said like i'm not leaving until we get a super bowl or something oh i did see that i and did see that everyone's like everyone's like well you're gonna be quarterback for all of eternity then probably <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll, yeah, maybe I, we'll, we'll we can try to move along here because I don't know how long we've been going, but that we definitely hit that pretty thorough. But I think that was some good. I think that was some good conversation. Yeah, what, we'll see. We'll we'll see if this football product actually comes out and what it does. I think personally, just final predictions, it'll push up. Lawrence and Mac Jones and like all those guys and like Burrow and Herbert because I just don't see like big money I mean somebody's gonna buy their cards obviously but I just don't see like their stuff going crazy like some of these guys but but we'll see hey you never know I guess the card market's ridiculous sometimes so yeah I'm with you on that I I think we I can second those predictions won't be buying any encased uh, divisionals for the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> it'll be overpriced. Can't be doing that. And, and then next yeah. year. What do, what do you want to go into next? Selling and playoff hype? Show prep? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? NBA? Where do you want yeah, to head? Let's, let's talk some NBA. My, oh, I'd love I'm to. Pretty, I'm pretty happy with my finals prediction so far. Mine's already Nets dead. Suns. Mine's already dead. What was yours again? Nets, Suns. Rip the Nets. Okay. Yeah, but I did not expect them to get swept. But anyways, um, yeah, so we were talking about uh, selling during playoff hype. And that was actually going to be something that I wanted to talk about. The biggest sell – in the history of biggest sells, I, there's a clear right answer. Yeah, it's it's you know he's he's looking. It's it is absolutely perfect. The first round, you saw what playoff jaw looks like against a team with wing defenders and a premier rim 
protector. And now you are seeing a team with limited rim. There's rim protection, limited rim protection, and weak on-ball defense at the point guard, shooting guard position. Mm -hmm. Jordan Poole is a revolving door. You just blow right by him. And then he's putting up stupid numbers because he's not playing. I I feel like shout out Lucas Tigers, bronze, Andrew Goldberg from that show talking about these stupid matchups, but like you just blow by, uh, you watch the game. He just blows by Jordan Poole and makes him look like an idiot. Well, and Jordan Poole's going to stay on the court, but what if they play a team again that has a perimeter defender and a rim protector? Cough, cough, the Bucks. Can you imagine John Morant against playoff Milwaukee Bucks? He'd have like 15 Drew, points. Drew Holiday is locking him up. And then you got Brooke Lopez and Giannis lurking. Two, yeah. Brooke Lopez is a premier paint defender, I would say. Yeah, I think if you have John Morant cards, yeah, you need not, to get rid of them. He, I, I, mean, I don't even like to say this, but even if you PC John Morant, yeah, it's too get scary. rid of them and buy them back. Buy them. You back have later, to honestly. Like, you have they're to. They're so high. They're crazy high right now. I would. I yeah. I don't even own any John Morant, but if I did, that would be. That would be the first thing I would sell. I would sign off this podcast right now, and I would list them on eBay. He dropped forty-seven last night. Yeah, he, and they barely won the game. They're not going to win the series. There's no way that they could. They could win the series. They could win the series. I am well. I'm I'm biased, but they could win. That game was best case scenario for them, like in probably 10 different ways and yeah they they still barely won honestly game one was best case scenario for them too and they yes, lost and they jaron lost jackson's jaron jackson's not putting up 35 again yeah well jaron had the foul trouble last night he had he two fouls out. right in a row he had two like ticky tack fouls right in a row and then i i saw a meme of of him and it was uh it was a picture of michael jordan and it was, this is Jaron Jackson if the NBA had allowed 10 fouls instead of six. <laughs> I mean, I still like Jaron, but he has trouble staying on the court. It's, it's sad. Drives me, what drives me crazy about him. He takes dumb most fouls. Of his, yeah, most of his fouls are just stupid fouls. Yes. Like, it's not even like he, he's not like trying to block a shot or something. It's like. Oh, let me go for this steal right when the guy passes half court. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? I know. It trust me, it's very painful to watch. Uh I and and he takes two in the first quarter, and you're like, here we go again. Here, here we yeah. go. It's gonna be another one of those days. Four <laughs> yeah. or five early four in early in the third, five in the third, and you're like, Yep, there it is. And he fouls yeah. out. Fouled out last what, night. What would you do if you had Luca? Luca was actually where I wanted to move next. Um, Luca's very intriguing because I don't think there's a sell-off that really comes from them losing this series. Yeah, I don't I, think so either. I think he's taken people... a step up. He's taken a step. He won a playoff series, which is a step yeah. up, right? So we're not 
mired in the same performance as yours before, which isn't good enough. We took a small step up. And you're also playing the best definitive, like, favorites for the title, I think. So I can understand it. He puts up individual numbers, which card people like. I don't know. Luca prices are still scary, but they're more reasonable than they used to be. Like, I was looking at a Noir RPA. Not that I have money for this, but, you know, intriguing. Like, the one that looks like this. The one that looks like this one. Oh, yeah. The, ver- the vertical, which is a very nice design. This of Luca's like 4000 bucks, which doesn't that seem reasonable for. Yeah, that doesn't seem bad at all for Luca. I mean, I, I don't think Luca is going to go down. Um, but I, I just don't know of, if it's the best place to put money. I, there are other places yeah. I put money. The only thing that can really make Luca tank outside of like obvious like injury or something is if. He gets another star to team up with him and then loses. I think that Oh yeah, that would be bad. Right now he has he has every excuse. People yeah, say his I, team sucks, you know, people are like the yeah. Mavs are terrible outside of Luca. Yada yada. They can they can lose the next three games of the series and they're out of the playoffs. And if he drops forty five a game, like nothing is gonna happen to his cards. It's just it's just not. But if he teams up with, you know, another top 10 player and then gets kicked out in the first round of the playoffs, then that's when I think investors would start to get worried. But we're a couple of years out from that now. So I think Luca's probably a pretty safe place to put your money. But I wouldn't expect really. No, I don't know where I'm at right now. Investing in the playoffs is scary. Because I always get worried about like a elimination and like stuff falling off. You know, he, I was on here last week saying that I think there's less volatility than there used to be in buying in the playoffs is way more viable than it used to be. And that's facts. Like, it's true. It's way yeah. better than it used to be. But it's still, I mean, more volatile than the regular season. And also, I just don't love paying $4,000 for a modern RPA. So I buy cheap stuff for fun. And don't like to buy guys like Luca just because it costs so much money, and I don't have that kind of yeah. money. So that's how I end up with buying a Jaron uh, Noir RPA for my PC or other cheap stuff. But Tatum, yeah. dude, does no one care about Tatum anymore? We're good. He's done now. We don't need to talk about yeah, Tatum anymore. You, you know who else is crazy too? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown went off. Yeah, he, yeah, he went, went. I mean, he was shooting what, like, eight for nine to start off that game or something. Yeah, it, it was crazy. They could, and the thing is, everything he was shooting was highly contested. I didn't. And he watch. was just hitting everything. Oh, he he was hitting everything. He just wouldn't miss. It, it was crazy. Well, I, they, I had I had other so priorities good defensively. The bot uh, the Celtics. Yeah, they're so good defensively. You know, I watched Bucks Celtics in the regular season. That's right, you did. You got a but you got a preview. I did. Where Marcus Smart dropped twenty nine. I'm still waiting for playoff Marcus Smart to drop twenty nine. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even play. Oh right, I forgot about that. I forgot yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, he didn't even play. Wow, and they still yeah. smoked him. Yeah, you uh, you watched uh, Penguins right yesterday. I did. I missed the first period because 
uh, uh, exams. And so I told myself I wasn't going to watch the first period until I felt good about that. But then I watched the second period and the third and the first overtime, the second overtime, and the third overtime when they eventually won. It lasted four hours and 50 minutes. Triple overtime. They played two 20-minute overtime periods, took a 15 or so minute intermission between the third and the first overtime and the first overtime and the second overtime, the second overtime and the third overtime. And then that's how it took so long. There was like almost 50 minutes of extra hockey. Of like Here's- playing. The, the one, our goalie got so dehydrated, he cramped up is what people think happened. Our third yeah, string goaltender had to appear. And if you've seen how they do it at MSG, like Madison Square Garden, they don't have room on the bench for the backup goaltender because it's stupid and it's an old arena and it's a basketball first arena. So he's in the tunnel, like the NBA tunnel, and he sits there like a fan looking through the boards in the tunnel. And then they had to open the plexiglass to for the tunnel for him to come out when when they had to summon the third string goaltender. So he just sits by himself? Yes. There might be one other guy over there. There might be like a one coach to keep him company, but he sits by That's himself. So <laughs> and then the rest of the team is on the bench, but he's not allowed to sit there because there's no room for him. All right. Here's a hot take. I don't know how you feel about this. There is absolutely no reason to have more than one overtime. You should go one overtime shootout. There's uh, no reason. No, I no no. Okay, okay. I can agree with you somewhat, but I do not like this shootout business. I am anti shootout. Extremely anti. I hate no, because Why? the the fun of the overtime is the best part of playoff hockey. That is the pinnacle or the third period where the game is tied. Peak playoff hockey. Everything is so oh, yeah. important. But but yeah, so you get but you don't want last night. I understand you don't want to go in that yeah, long. I don't want it. To, but, but you do. You go to the regular season rules three on three. It opens it up. Scoring More happens that. way faster. But I am not. That. No, I am anti-shootout. There will be no shootout. Uh, that is to be avoided at absolutely all costs. I would be fine with three on three. I'm just anti what happened last night. Yeah, triple overtime was a little much. I had to get up early today, too. Almost you didn't make it to the crazy. end. What's going to be crazy is game two. I'm a little worried about the Penguins. They were saying on the broadcast, they're like, well, the Penguins were supposed to practice tomorrow, but uh, we'll see if that happens is basically what they said. Yeah. I mean, the Penguins are Uh, older. It's an older roster. And the Rangers are a slightly younger roster. Uh, So it is concerning to me. I think the odds of losing game two are decent. Uh, At least they won game one. If we had lost game one, it would have been it would have been terrible. Because I do not expect to win tomorrow. Yeah, at least at least they won game one. That was because you could almost lose game two and like you can still feel good about yourself. Yeah, and then you come home for the next two because yeah. you're on the road right now. 
There were 83 I mean, you... shots by the Penguins in that game. I don't know. For all you who listen to hockey stuff, 83 shots is insane. Shesterkin had 79 saves. Yeah, I would say 40 crazy. shots or 45 shots would be a lot for like a regular game. 45 would be like a very high shooting game. And there were there were 83. Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, I yeah, they they're gonna be dead for this next game. It's gonna be interesting. But I mean, if I'm the Penguins, you split on the road, I'll take it. That's what I'm saying. I, the Penguins need lose. to uh, win this playoff series since we haven't won a playoff series in like three or four years. So I want to win a playoff series. I understand if we can't win the cup. Obviously, I want to, but I really, really want to win a playoff series. Also, I want them yeah. to win another so I can go to a game because they currently can't. Uh, so I would like them to be having more games so I could go. Right. Yeah, that would that would be pretty cool. But yeah, we might need to wrap here. I think we're getting a little long yep. on time. Yeah, we'll be back next week. It'll be interesting because the NBA plays so often, so we might have some series winners or something. We should. Week. We actually yeah. might. So that'll be interesting. So stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, well, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.